I wonder what, he, what I was saying. I do that all the time at Grace. I talk to folks and folks are just sitting there. What's he talking about? Probably the game. But um, no, thank the Lord for you allowing us to come. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking um, Samuel, Samuel is quite an interesting individual because uh, Samuel's going to be, oh, Samuel is a judge. And Samuel um, judges Israel, and he's a very, very faithful man. And uh, he's got a couple of boys that um, model Eli's two boys, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, who are Eli's boys. And Samuel has two boys named Joel and Abiah, and uh, they were a couple of scoundrels. Uh, they went after money, and they took bribes, and uh, Samuel should never put those guys in charge of nobody's life. Uh, some people, and sometimes we do at church, we, we really do, we, we put people in places we know they shouldn't be. Um, and then when they, when they show themselves for who they really are, uh, we act surprised that that was going to happen. It's very, very important in God's work that the right people get put in the right place because other, other people's souls are at stake. Uh, it's not just about having church. It's about people's souls. It's about the glory of God. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the glory of Jesus Christ. And um, if folks don't meet the requirements, then they really ought not be placed there. But sometimes we do folks a favor because we think if we just put a person here, that somehow they'll turn around. If they got bad character when you put them in a place of leadership, let me assure you, it ain't going to get corrected. So that has nothing to do with the message. I figured you just maybe wanted to hear that. <laughs> but Samuel is a, is, a, is a special individual because Samuel was uh, dedicated unto the Lord. Uh, his mom, Hannah, brought him, dropped him off after he was weaned, so probably around the age of three years old. He was left at the tabernacle. Now, this is, this is what's something. He's left at the tabernacle with Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the worst people you could have ever left them with. And yet here she leaves her three-year-old son and goes back to Ramasim Zothim or Ramah and then comes yearly and changes out his coat and so forth for this young man. Why would you leave your son in the hands of some men you, didn't have, you could not even count on? Because she could count on God. And she knew that that's what she had made. She had made that promise. And she understood that, hey, the tabernacle wasn't a perfect place. Like this church. Amen. You know why we know it's not a perfect place? Because you're here. Amen. So that's, and I'm here. Amen. Well, what about you? Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, so we know that as soon as we walked in the door, this place got tainted. And so, hey, thank the Lord. You can raise your kids in a place that you didn't even think that would bring about spirituality. It's true, and it can, it can help. And, and Samuel turns out to be a one godly man. Kids don't turn out so well. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that you spend all your life trying to rear your kids. And, um, you know, sometimes kids, they just they don't turn out. You, you, you do all you can. You, you pray. You, 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 give, you, you send them to Christian school, whatever that means. Nothing more than a public school with a Bible class if they have it. And, you know, but children, sometimes they decide they're going to do other things. They don't want what you have. 
Uh, they're not interested in your God. They're not interested in following uh, what you've taught them. And, and that's the same way it was with Samuel. Um, and that's the same way it was with Eli. I don't know how Eli started out. All we know is that Eli wasn't, he wasn't doing so hot when, uh, when he comes on the page of Scripture. But we do know that his boys were out of control and he never stopped them. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 7, I want you to go there. I, I, want, to, I, want, to sp- I want to speak about, uh, I want to title this message, One Word. I, want to, I don't really title messages and I don't really have three points in a poem because that takes a lot of work. It's really simple. Ebenezer. Ebenezer. In your hymn book, in page 507, is the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And, you know, it's amazing. Um, uh, a lot of the newer books will, will change. Here I raise mine Ebenezer in the second verse. And the reason people do that is because it's, it's a whole lot easier to say something that people understand. But it, it, it's, if you would go to the scriptures and you'd find uh, 1 Samuel 7 and 1 Samuel 4, you'll understand what Ebenezer means. And, it's, and when that writer wrote that, he had this passage in mind. See, you and I have, from time to time, have made decisions with our life without consulting God. Brother Ray, you the only one? We've made decisions without consulting God, and then we tag God's name on it like somehow, some way it's God's will. Well, when you go without talking to God, without searching the scriptures, without seeking God's face, and you just go presumptuously and you get tore up, you wonder why that happens? Because you went without consulting the Lord. And you know what happens? Other people get hurt. They should have absolutely never, ever followed Hophni and Phinehas in the battle. They're going to follow two guys that lay with the women at the door of the tabernacle, who strong arm people with the offerings of God, who take a three a three pronged hook and reach into the cauldron or the or the pot and whatever comes out, they take whether it belongs to God or not. These were some rascals and scoundrels. And yet when it came time to go fight against the Philistines in chapter four of first Samuel, they come and get Hophni and Phinehas and get the Ark of the Covenant and go ahead of the people and wonder why they get they get put in the ground. You get put in the ground when you follow somebody that's not worthy of being followed. These guys were terrible leaders and the elders of Israel caused the people of God to follow these losers. Don't follow a loser because they're going to get you put in the ground. Losers get people put in the ground. And Hophni and Phinehas got these people put in the ground and these people listened to the elders and Hophni and Phinehas end up losing thousands of people. Got to be careful who you listen to. Got to be careful who you, whose advice you follow. Uh, it's, not, it's not important that you give a philosophical reason. You need to give a spiritual reason. A lot of folks want to give you philosophy, phileo, lover, uh, sophos, wisdom, lovers of wisdom. They need to be lovers of the scriptures and lovers of God and not philosophers. They need to be biblical people and spiritual people and people that walk with God and people that, that pray and can get a hold of God, like Samuel. They never talk with Sam. Sam was over there at, at the tabernacle taking it easy. 
He's probably drinking a soda. Verse one is chapter seven. And the men of Kirjath Jerem. See, we fast forward to chapter four, chapter five, chapter six, and we get to chapter seven. Of course, they go to battle in chapter four um, at Aphek in Ebenezer, and they and they got they get beat down. And so the Philistines take the Ark of the Covenant and they take it to Gath. They take it to, to Ekron. Uh, it ends up in Beth Shemesh. It, 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 it finally um, ends up in Kirjath Jerem and it's going to be there for about 20 years. We're going to have 20 years here. And in verse number one, the men of Kirjath Jerem came and fetched up the Ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, his son, to keep the Ark of the Lord. Came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath Jerem that the time was long for it was 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. It's only taken the children of Israel 20 years to weep and to mourn and lament after God. Too long. Too long. During that 20 years, some people have lost their life. Some people have died. They've gone the way of all the earth. They didn't get a chance to straighten it out. So they're lamenting after the Lord for tw after 20 years. Verse number three. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, if ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then he gives them a three formula. See, here's my three points. He wrote it. Here's your, here's your formula for getting right. First of all, you got to put away the strange gods of Asheroth. From among you. Asheroth's got to go. Baal's got to go. The, this Asheroth, this Canaanite deity has to go. Baal has to go. If you're going to follow the Lord with all your heart, you're going to have to get rid of these false gods. They got to go. Number two, and you need to prepare your hearts unto the Lord. And then number three, you need to serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Asheroth and serve the Lord only. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso forsaketh, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. Here's the forsaken. Down in verse number six, it says, we have sinned. There's the confession. Confessing and forsaking. It's not enough to be sorry for your sin. You need to turn from your sin. Sin, the, hey, we don't preach, well, I don't know about we, but a lot of folks don't preach about sin no more. You know why? Because when you preach against sin, folks don't like it. Well, sin is still wrong. Sin, sin still separates us between us and our God, and still, sin still needs to be repented of. And here's what Sam says. If, you're gonna, if you want to get right with God, hey, you're going to have to get the sin out of your life. And if you're going to be right with God, look, you're not going to be right with God with sin abiding in your life. You need to confess it. You know what we don't hear about in our churches anymore? Rededication and repentance and, and getting right with God and getting on an old-fashioned altar and weeping and crying and, and begging God to forgive us, give us a sin. We just go on about our business and we don't do hardly nothing anymore. Just, I'm here. It got to be a little bit more than just I'm here. He says in verse number five, and Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah and I'll pray for you under the Lord. Sam calls them for a prayer meeting. I'll tell you the deadest time of a church service, a church day on is Wednesday when you're trying to pray. I'm just saying, hey, folks will come out. They'll come out for, hey, look, feasting and playing. Hey, you can, you can mark it down. Folks will be here. Fasting and praying. 
All three of you going to have a ball. <laughs> All right. Okay, that don't happen here. Verse number six. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord, a libation, a, uh, an offering. The same thing that happened when David asked for some water from the well of Bethlehem and those two fellows broke through the enemy lines and got that water and brought it to David. And David said, man, I can't drink this. I'm going to pour this out as an offering unto the Lord. These folks, they offer this unto the Lord. They, they're not going to fight. They're going to pray. You know, it's amazing some, sometimes how God wins the battle. If it was me, it'd be one of these numbers. That's not what God does. God doesn't do drive-bys. Amen? I was, uh, I was sitting in a, in a car with, 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 my, with my buddy Lou. This got new guy in church. Lou, you just know he's, I love him. He's from Hartford. He's from Hartford. H-A-R-D-F-O-R-D. Hartford. That's my, man I, man, I love Lou. Lou and Maggie. I love Lou, man. Lou's like me. He, man, I love Lou. And so I picked him up. Lou's all tatted up and stuff. He comes up. What's up, Pastor? I, hey, I love that guy. That, that's my kind of dude, Brother, brother Ray. Hey, man, we jump in the car and go to Albany Ave and get some chicken at Popeye's. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love Lou. Me and Lou, we like, mm, we tight. And um, so we get in the car and I go pick up Lou. And, and Lou gets a little nervous and stuff. And I, and I talked and I said, and Lou, uh, we're going to cut the grass at the church. And I got the blower in the back of the, of the, of the car and it, and it doesn't the, the hood does, or the trunk doesn't close and it's bouncing up and down. Right. And uh, this lady, she rides hard down on my back of my bumper. Well, she gets close to me. And so she gets she gets and she starts doing this right here. And, and I'm looking in the mirror and uh, and then I got Lou here and I'm thinking, you the preacher now, you. Folk looking at you. And so, and so finally, I got tired. I said, man, get off my bumper. And he looks at me like, and, uh, and then she pulls around. I drop the window on his side. He goes. <laughs> and, and, I, and she said, hey, your, your trunk is, is open. I said, yes, ma'am, I have some tools in there. And, uh, and, and it won't close. Thank you very much. And Lou looked at me and said, wow. He said, preacher. He said, because we was right by the church, he said, man, I thought you was going to tell her something. I thought you was going to do one of these. He said, I wanted to remind you that this is our block. We right around the church. We can't be doing that on our block. Hey, man, I love Lou, man. Hey, you know something? Lou's for real. Hey, just, just, just honest, straight up. He can't. He doesn't have the, the lingo. I led him and Maggie to Christ, and, and, and I discipled them at 10 o'clock on Sundays one on two and 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 they're excited and it 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 just no pretense just straight up it just just out of control I mean just honest yo pastor so this is the way it works and then says something crazy but it's right it's not supposed to work like this well it does work that way because he's he, he's 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 in love with God and, and so so I so he said to me he said uh Yo, Pastor, I thought you was going to do a drive-by here. Hey, I wasn't going to do no drive-by. I wasn't about to do no drive-by. And God wasn't doing no drive-by. God's just real. He got, he got changed. He got saved. And you don't have to tell Louis a sinner. He tell you. 
Hey, you got to meet him, Ray. He's some kind of dude, man, all tatted up on his neck. I, I just take him with me just to scare people. I love it. <laughs> I bring him here one night, some folks be going, who's this guy? Hey, he probably loved God more than you. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm just saying, man, guy's in love with God. Praise the Lord for Lou, man. That's my boy. Well, we better get back to preaching, amen. Verse 6, and they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted. Uh-oh. Fasted? When was the last time that happened in a Baptist church? So they go to pray. They go to fast. They go on to Mizpah to pray and fast, not to fight. They ain't looking for no fight. You don't have to look for no fight if you're God's child. You're going to find one, especially if you're in church. Verse number seven. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Well, they ought to be afraid because they remember 20 years ago, their daddies, their brothers, their cousins, their nephews and all these other people got killed because they went presumptuously following the elders in Hophni and Phinehas into battle at Ebenezer. Bad decision. And they were worried. They were scared. You'd be scared, too, if you knew the last time that you fought the Philistines or your family, you buried them. Because that's exactly what happened. You went to a bunch of funerals because of some bad decisions people made for those people's lives. I'm reminded every week as I stand before people that people are hanging on the very words that I say and the words that you say and the things that you do and the attitude that you bring. Some folks ain't coming back to your church because of the way some of you act and treat people. You know how I know that? Because I go to churches that think they're friendly. You know why they think they're friendly? Because the people that think they're not friendly ain't there. Went to a church last Sunday night. I ain't never, my son Bruce said, Dad, we haven't going back there because if you are, I'm not. I'm grown. I said, okay, hey, hey, I ain't asked for all that, but fine. Uh, folks treat you like, hey, who are you? And you know what they say? We got the friendliest church in town. No, you don't. Hey, folks walk into church, folks look at them like they're like they crazy, like, who are you? What are you talking about? You don't know why these folks come to your church? They sure didn't come here to get saved. Don't believe that. They came maybe because they got a problem with their kids. Maybe they got an issue with their, with their husband, their wife. Maybe they got an issue in their family. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they got, hey, they got some problems, issues, and they're hoping that what the preacher's going to say is going to help them, and then they run into you. quiet up in this church. He didn't tell me what to preach. Please assure him, preach. <laughs> I'm just saying. And folks run into people and guess what happens? They get hurt, offended. You know how I know that? Because I sat with Maggie and Lou for two hours begging them not to leave the church after somebody offended them. Begging them. Well, they ain't leaving now, but how many people before that had, had walked out the door because they got offended? I'm just saying. Didn't call these folks to fight. Samuel ain't summoned them people to Mizpah to start a fight with the Philistines. He summoned them up there to pray and fast. Verse 7, and the Philistines heard that they were, the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah. The lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Verse 8, and the children of Israel said unto Samuel, cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us. 
He says, hey, pray and keep on praying. Don't stop praying for us. Hey, you know what they understood? They understood what it took to get the job done. It wasn't in their might, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. They understood that if, if this was going to turn, it wasn't going to be because of them. It's going to be because of God. Verse number nine. Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it as a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. That's complete dedication unto the Lord. Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel and the Lord heard him. God hadn't, you hadn't really heard anything about God uh, since, uh, since Samuel, I mean, uh, Hannah prayed back in chapter one. God's kind of God's kind of quiet on the scene. But God hears the man of God and guess what's getting ready to happen. God's getting ready to win the victory. And these folks hadn't even brought AK-47s, nine millimeters, AR-15s. They ain't reaching into their belt and pull out a snub nose 38 Saturday night special. I don't know how I know about that. But anyway, and pull out none of these 357 or 44 Magnum or 40 caliber Smith and Wesson. I don't like guns. I can you know that. Just don't just don't show up at my house and walk in without being unannounced. They'll come get you, I assure you. Verse number uh, 10. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines. It discomfited them. He destroyed them. He made, confused them. He messed them over. And they were smitten before Israel. You know who did this? God did this. Verse number 11. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came to Beth Car. We don't know where Beth Car is. It's probably right out there. Her car is probably right out there. Verse 12. <laughs> then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer. 20 years, 20 years before, here is the same place, Ebenezer. Well, how do we know that it was named? Because the writer, the writer of this wrote it after all these things took place. And he named it Ebenezer. It wasn't no stone of help at the first time. The first time, they got beat down. It became a stone of help the second time. You ever done something you didn't ask God about? You fell flat on your face and it was like a stone fell on your skull? Thank God God gives us second times in a place where we can seek his face and we can go there not looking for a fight. Looking for God. So they weren't looking for a fight the first time. They came looking for God the second time. See, whenever you go on looking for a fight with folks, you'll find one and you might get your tail tuned up because there's always somebody bigger and badder than you. There's always somebody can whoop you. Hey, ask Mike Tyson. I, I remember when he got beat up by James Buster Douglas. Praise God. I don't know what that has to do with the Bible or anything, but hey, it was good to see him fall. Anyway, verse, um, verse number 13. So the Philistines were subdued. And they came no more into the coast of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel and the cities of the Philistines. The Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron, even to Gath and the coast thereof did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites, even the enemies they got along with after they beat after they didn't beat anybody down. God gave the victory. 
See, when God gives a victory, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Crystal clear. If you're going looking for a fight, you're going to find one. But if you're going looking for God, you'll find him. And the difference in the place is what they went looking for. So when you come to church, don't come looking for a fight. Preacher's got enough problems. Amen? Last thing he needs at 10 minutes to 11 is somebody coming wanting to fight. You know how I know that? Because folks want to fight at 10 minutes to 11. <laughs> Five minutes to 11, they want to hit me, with, hit me with all this stuff before I go to preach. Yeah. And, and I'm supposed to just put all that out of my head. And I know I'm so spiritual that it just goes out of my head. Yep, goes out of my head and my mouth too. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't hit me with nothing because I can't take it. I don't, I don't want to try to deal with that. Some folks come to church looking to fight. Hey, church don't need you coming here to fight. You know, it's amazing. People come to, to fight, argue, gripe. Hey, I don't like this. So what? It don't matter what you like. What, what matters is, is Jesus Christ. I ain't get my way. I ain't get my rights. You ain't got no rights as a child of God. You're a servant, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, a doulos, a servant, a slave. Somebody got a shackle on your leg. I mean, folks, we need to stop this attitude like, hey, we ain't servants of Christ. Hey, we're servants. We're slaves of Jesus Christ. What, what do you, Lord, what, what does thou want from me? That's it. Speak for thy servant heareth. What, what do you want from me? I'll, I'll do it. Instead of, hey, let me tell you what I think. Nobody wants to know what you think. Don't, don't give us all your information because I, I always tell folks, look, if you're going to come with a bad attitude, I don't care if you're right, I'm going to go against you. I'm just saying. I, I wouldn't do that. Hey, I live in Windsor. Taxes are cheaper there, amen? I'm just saying. Church, when you go looking for a fight, you're going to find one. You know, folks don't come to church. that are visitors. They don't come here looking to fight. They're looking for some help. They're hoping what the man of God's going to say. Let me ask you this. Do you realize that sometimes people come in here and they think their kid's going to commit suicide? Oh, I know. That don't take place. People come into this church right here and they're, and they're hoping that what you're going to say is going to keep them from tying a noose around their neck. Yeah, okay, that don't happen. If you knew that that was somebody's child coming in here on a Sunday morning and this was the last time you had an opportunity to say something before he went down to Torrington and hung himself in a bathroom with a noose, what would you say? I bet your attitude would be a whole lot different than it would be this morning when you came in here. But we don't look at it like that. I don't like what he said. Who does he think he is anyway? I don't even like him. What's his problem? Ain't nothing wrong with him. Ain't, nothing, ain't no problem with that. It's your attitude. We still friends, Martin? Uh, Pastor? Pastor? We still friends? I better shut it down soon. About to shut it down right now. They went looking for a fight in the wrong place with the Philistines, and they had the wrong leaders, and they lost thousands of troops, and family members held funerals because they followed the wrong people and had the wrong attitude. If we come into the church, we have the wrong attitude, following the wrong people, because they always got some dissenters in every church, Brother Ray. There's always somebody that's more spiritual than the preacher. 
got, you know, he got master's degree. So he, he knows more than the preacher. I always, always, I always love these people that come from other churches and they show up and they want to tell you that they was a deacon, that they was a pastor, and hey, that they were on this committee and they done this and they did that and they did that. And then what I do is I usually hand them a, I usually hand them a toilet bowl cleaner. We're going to find out how long you're going to stay. Because not only do I clean toilets, I replace them. Amen. Our, our church is looking smoking, Ray. It's looking smoking, man. We, we, you'll be all right. You can take this. We, we, um, we finished the last air conditioner yesterday. We had a 25-ton for the auditorium and a 15-ton for the education wing. Both of them were done. And I said to the church in February, I said, here's what we can do. We got two choices. We can raise money for these two air conditioners, or we can all sweat. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And we got the, the other one, the auditorium done last month, and this month we finished that one. We was able to pay cash for it. And I just thank God. God's blessing the church. We see new folks. We've seen folks get saved. We see folks get baptized. We see some folks join. We got some new families. We got folks excited. We got, well, we got, we got, um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but don't matter because I don't go to church here. So we got this, we, we, got, we got Brother Tony plays the bass guitar. We got Valerie. I met her at Home Depot. You met Valerie, didn't you, preacher? She played the acoustic guitar? Yep, Valerie played acoustic guitar. Robin played a flute. Um, Matthew played the bongos. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. I know. I, you'll be all right. And then, and then um, uh, uh, Patty played a violin, and I played a piano, and, and, we, and we, just, we just having a ball. We, we excited about what's going on over there, amen? And me and the guys were talking until about 2.15. Coretta calls me up. She says, where are you? I got chicken. I got chicken. I, that was tough. Fellowship or chicken. I was, I was in a straight betwixt two, having the desire to depart and to be with her, which is far better. But it was needful that I spent time with those guys. And n- never have we ever sat and talked for nearly two hours as men after church Excited about the things of God and what God is doing. You know what we don't go to church looking for? A fight. You know what some folks in our church do? They come to church looking for a fight. You know what I do to those folks? I go right around them. Because I'm not there to fight them people. God never called me to fight his people, and I'm not doing that. No way. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. And I'm going to watch God Bring about the victory, and I'm going to grab that stone called Ebenezer and say, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And you know what I've watched God do in four years? Let me give you this, and I'm wrapping it up. You've heard preachers say that before. Don't believe it. (laughs) In four years, we've seen siding on the back, Brother Ray. Brother Ray ain't been back lately. We slave drivers down there. You come down there. You don't get out of our church very easily, amen? At least not without no sweat. And uh, we, we got the, we got the, uh, we got the uh, uh, siding on the front, siding on the back. All the, all the light posts in the parking lot, uh, LEDs, put a cross up, LED behind it. Lights all over the place, LEDs. Uh, brand new parking lot, uh, 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 instruments, uh, uh, gyms completely painted, Men's bathroom, ladies' bathroom, kitchen, every place been painted. 
The ladies' bathroom, men's bathroom been completely renovated. Kitchen's been completely renovated. Auditorium got painted. Amen, amen, and amen. I was able last week to cut up three pews, and I'm excited about it. Amen. And I said, man, he cut up pews? Yeah, Brother Farnham. Brother Farnham used to be the pastor. He's my piano player on Wednesday. Praise the Lord. He said, you're the only Baptist preacher I know cuts up pews. It'd be all right. Don't worry. If they rip, they going. If they don't look right, they got to go. We got to have things looking right, looking nice, looking neat. Folks coming up in the church, it don't need to be dirty. It don't need to look crazy. Hey, hey, we're trying to reach some people. Amen. Thank God. New, new, new landscaping in there. Hey, I'm, man, I'm about to roll over up in this church. Amen. Excited about to run my head right through the wall. Thank God for what God's doing down there. I, I love it. I just love it. I love seeing what God's doing and love Maggie and Lou and uh, and Ike. He got saved. I let it. Ike to, to Christ, baptized him. Sharon, she got saved, baptized her. Uh, thank God for Valerie. Met her and and then um, uh, Mrs. Howard. She's come to the church and then Juan and Denise. They're there. I mean, God's bringing some folks our way. We're seeing folks lives get changed and excited about the things of God. It's bothering some of the old guard, too. You'll be all right. There ain't nothing like new blood in the church. Nothing. Nothing as exciting as seeing people get saved. Do you know what happens when folks are fighting, though? Let me tell you who the people are that are fighting. It's usually the people ain't doing nothing. I know they ain't proper English, so let me fix it. It's usually the people ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Always got time to fight, argue, and cuss, and fuss. And say, we ain't do it like that before. And we never did that before. I know. And we ain't going back either. We want our old church back. Nope, ain't coming back. We're going forward. We're going to pray and we're going to fast. And we're going to seek God's face. And by God's grace, we're going to see the grace of God at Grace Baptist working in that community, changing lives. But you don't do that if you're going to fight. Pray. Fast. Turn from your turn from your idols. See God's face. Let's all stand.